0: The delight of despair, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Revelations 1.17 It may be like the Apostle John, you know Jesus Christ intimately, when suddenly he appears with no familiar characteristic at all, and the only thing you can do is fall at his feet as dead. There are times when God cannot reveal himself in any other way than in his majesty. And it is the awfulness of the vision which brings you to the delight of despair. If you are ever to be raised up, it must be by the hand of God. He laid his right hand upon me. In the midst of the awfulness, a touch comes, and you know it is the right hand of Jesus Christ. The right hand not of restraint, nor correction, nor chastisement, but the right hand of the everlasting Father. Whenever his hand is laid upon you, it is ineffable, peace and comfort, the sense that underneath are the everlasting arms full of sustaining and comfort and strength when once his touch comes nothing at all can cast you into fear again in the midst of all his ascended glory the lord jesus comes to speak to an insignificant disciple and to say fear not his tenderness is ineffably sweet. Do I know him like that? Watch some of the things that strike despair. There is despair in which there is no delight, no horizon, no hope of anything brighter. But the delight of despair comes when I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. I delight to know that there is that in me which must fall, prostrate before God when he manifests himself. And if I am ever to be raised up, it must be by the hand of God. God can do nothing for me until I get to the limit of the possible. The Delight of Despair This is actually something that has been brewing up in me. Deep inside me, I am coming to the point that I cannot do the thing. This season, there have been many things coming up. Huge things. And it seems like every one of those things are things that I cannot do. And then, as I realize this, the despair sets in. And I can't see a way out of the situation or the valley I'm in. Despair is defined as utter loss of hope, but in my opinion, it is much better presented in the Forerunner Commentary, so I'll go ahead and read it. And it's based on 2 Corinthians 4, 7-8. And it says, No matter how thoroughly a minister counseled us for baptism, or how vividly He warned us the Christian life might become. Very few are dissuaded from being baptized. This is, of course, good. However, most of us are also full of misplaced confidence. Misplaced confidence. Though none of us is ever sure of what he will have to experience to prepare us for what God has in store for us, in his kingdom, we are sure God will be there for us in our times of trial. He will indeed, but will we be ready to face our discouragement over what we come to see in ourselves? I'll say that again. Are we ready to face our discouragement over what we come to see in ourselves? As we become educated in God's way, as we grow and become more discerning, sin becomes more apparent everywhere we look. The discouraging aspect is that the sin is not necessarily in others, but what we see in ourselves, the sin we see in ourselves. We may even reach a level of outright despair, because everywhere we turn, every angle we view ourselves from, We see little deceits. We become aware of envy, rising, jealousy, anger, and sometimes even rage and hatred. We attempt to bottle them up, to keep them from breaking out, yet they always seem to be just below the surface, ready to leap out in a foolish act, a foolish behavior. Sin is like a cancer, invisible for most of the time, but silently working to destroy us. Sin desires to return us to our former state, our unbaptized state. We may have even imagined that. When we began to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, life would become continually easier. We would grow in holiness, and life would become an unending pleasure. Too frequently it seems to work in the opposite direction. Of course, however, or this course, however, is good. First, the older and more mature we become in the faith, the more of the filthy corruption of sin we can discern. Our discouragement can turn to thankful encouragement. So our discouragement, despair, can turn to thankful encouragement, hope and faith in God. Because even though we perceive the filthy corruption in ourselves, our ability to discern it more clearly is evidence of growth. Second, it is encouraging to understand that for us to overcome sin and grow, we must first be aware of the corruption, discernment hope and faith in God. Third, it is wonderful to understand that our merciful God has covered even all of this accumulated sin that we have been completely unaware of. Christ's blood is sufficient. His sacrifice is sufficient to cover the sins of the whole world, that we can see more of the evil aspects of human nature should help us also discern some of the implication of Christ's sacrifice. Fourth, these things should motivate us to cry out to God, Your kingdom come, your will be done, and help us yearn for the time we will be free of the pulls of the flesh. The removal of ignorance is a wonderfully rewarding gift. Even so, Despair sometimes comes easily because we have allowed ourselves to be deceived into trusting our own works to keep us in good standing with God. If we fail to conduct ourselves properly, even according to our own standards, it is not difficult to become guilt ridden and full of despair. And this is exactly where I was. And I'm sure this sounds very familiar to you guilt ridden and full of despair. As if God's sacrifice wasn't enough to cover our truthfully pitiful lives. It's being said that we just crossed over 8 billion people alive on the planet today. Or recently. I don't know when it was. Not only has God's, Jesus' sacrifice covered all 8 billion people's sins... But every person who was alive up until today, up until the day you're listening to this, his sacrifice is sufficient. And if we're just drowning in this despair, we're ultimately saying, Jesus, your sacrifice wasn't enough. And we're stuck in our mood. So I'm gonna ask you, does this sound familiar? As you were baptized, and you seek God's wisdom, God, what do you want me to do with my life? How do you want me to give my life to your cause? We're being tasked with a mission post-baptism, setting out to complete the mission, only to realize along the way, you did not bring enough food, water, you're out. Didn't bring enough supplies, proper clothing and gear. In other words, there's no way to complete this mission and it may even be the end of your life. This is where faith comes in. Worship to God and allowing him to fill these gaps, to be the gear, the supply, the food, the water that you need. His provisions will come so you can accomplish the mission. How does this happen? Prayer, communication with God allowing Jesus to step in and fill these these gaps. If, we don't, if you don't allow him to step in, in your weaknesses, then it won't happen. The mission is possible. You have to actually believe God will get you through, and it will happen.